Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. Father, we do worship your holy name this morning. And Lord, we acknowledge that you are holy. You are so high above the earth in your and the universe in your wisdom, in your love, in your glory, in your infinite nature. Father, we worship your holy name. And Lord, on that day when the, when the end draws near, whether it be through the end of each of our earthly lives, Lord, or through the return of Jesus, we pray that it might be able to be said of us that we lived loved and we lived loving and we loved living. Father God, we thank you and bless you that love in our lives has started with you, flows through us and brings our destiny to us. Come heaven to earth, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that Granary Care does down at 252 is that once a month there's a Saturday morning breakfast, a free breakfast, and uh, many of the people in this room here are part of that, cooking and serving and so on. And I believe that um, Tasha over here in the front row, give everyone a wave, Tasha. Uh, she, people come from miles just for her rissoles. Tasha's famous rissoles, they're absolutely legendary. And apparently they served over 100 people this last Saturday, you know, and just not just served but connected. We're there to connect with people. And, uh, you know, ultimately our aim would be that people would know how loved they are and that they would come to take on board the, the faith that um, has caused us to love and that has caused them to be loved. And um, so well done to that team. They are an amazing team. Last Sunday morning before the service... We were praying in, in Pastor Sue's office over there and one of the people praying, one of our wonderful prayer supporters and, and prayer warriors, came in and she said, look, God gave me a revelation during the week and the revelation was this, three, three little um, sentences or phrases, live loved, live loving and love living. And that's what I want to talk about today because we're doing a series on love, aren't we? Sowing love. And we've, we've heard from um, about the, the, the Good Samaritan. We heard from Pastor Sue about beginning with prayer, praying for people who, who we love and, and praying for people to come to faith. We heard from Josh last week about listening to people and about how that's an expression of our love, of, of listening to people. And we are working through this acronym, acronym BLESS. And um, so B was begin with prayer, L was learn to listen, and E today is, uh, it's about eating with people. But I don't want to get to that. That's sort of down the track of fair way in what I want to speak to you about today. Because during the week, I could not get out of my head that saying to live loved, to live loving, and to love living. 
in in that order. And I want to work my way through that a little bit today. And I, I just pray that, you know, that my words will only be the words God wants me to speak today and that he will put a guard over my mouth because sometimes I get a bit carried away and say other stuff, you know. So I planned out these couple of jokes that I'm going to tell you now, okay? This isn't off the cuff. This is planned. And they sort of relate a bit to Granary Care, to our our ministry down at Granary Care. So what this is is a series of bloopers that were in church bulletins, okay? So the first one, the low self-esteem support group will meet on Thursday at 7pm. Please use the back door, you know? (laughs) So we've got a saying at Granary Care, haven't we, guys? And it is? There is no back door. There is no back door. We've had that saying ever since we opened 252. Doesn't matter whether you are coming in there for help and support and advocacy or whether you're coming in to spend some money at the cafe and donate or whatever, we all come in the same door because we're all created in the image of God and and that gives us the dignity of all human beings. So that's the first one. The next one from a church bulletin blooper is Bertha Belch, a missionary from Africa, will be speaking tonight. Come and hear Bertha Belch all the way from Africa. (laughs) I love that because I actually worked with a person once who when she belched, I tell you, they could hear it in Africa. It was amazing. I think it was a medical condition of some kind. The doctors in here might be able to confirm that one. But uh, anyway... The next one is this, and look, let me just say this, I've done Weight Watchers, and it works. Weight Watchers will meet at 7pm. Please use the large double door at the side entrance. Just a bit of worry about whether people would fit through the single door, so I guess, you know, I don't know, that seems a bit cruel, doesn't it? And lastly, from a, from a church bulletin, don't let worry kill you off, let the church help. Oh, gosh. You've got to wonder if anyone really rereads their notes when they do these things, you know. But, um, you know, when it, when it comes to talking about worry and anxiety, we've got a course on at the moment with Granary Care called Hope Beyond Anxiety and Depression. And last week, after the video input, my little group, we meet every week with small groups as well. And my little group, one of, one of the uh, women there had just lost her husband and it was terribly sad and she shared this and we gathered around her and prayed and ministered to her. She was just terribly distraught and the topic of the day was grief. And then other people just started coming out with things that they were grieving of and around my group there were just so many tears and people praying for one another and it was like the Holy Spirit just showed up and brought this amazing time of healing and and beauty and you know it was it's just so great being a part of a church it's just so good you see changed lives and amazing things happening people coming to wholeness and fulfilling their destiny and letting go of the pain and the brokenness that that are in their lives and that's my prayer for today that that will happen here so this series that we've been doing about sowing love it sort of comes out of loosely related to a book called BLESS, B-L-E-S-S, which is an acronym for Begin With Prayer, Listen With Care, Eat Together, Serve One Another and Share Your Story. And uh, so you can, if you want to read uh, more about that, you, the book would be available from Kurong. You can just go online and get that. We might be able to get some copies into our bookstore out here as well. 
So I want to start today with Live Loved. And I want to start with a bit of theology while you're all still awake, okay? Theology is bad. It's good for putting people to sleep, but sometimes. But let's start with some theology because, you see, living loved, live loved, the first of the three phrases for today, live loved begins with the nature of God and his character. The only reason love exists in the world is because God, who created this universe and who created us in his image, is a God of love. And that is absolutely, for Christians, a core belief. If you, if you can't hold to that idea that God is love and that he is a, a loving person, not just a force, a person, then how can you ever accept that out of who he was, he sent Jesus and the whole reason for us being here, Jesus dying on the cross. So we all know this verse, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. He did it out of his love, out of his love for mankind. We made a mess of it. God said, I've got a rescue plan, and it involved his motivation to love us. The book of John has got so much about the love of God. 1 John says this, So we know and believe the love God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. And it's important to know and believe that. We don't just know it in our head, but we believe it so that it actually comes down into our very being and transforms who we are. I'll talk more about that later, but it took me maybe 20 years, more than that, nearly 30 years of being a Christian before some elements of my brokenness, before I became a Christian, were healed and the, I let the love of God come from my head into that area of my life, specifically to do with rejection. And, and it took a long time to let that love really change me and know that I was loved in that area and accepted. It, it's a, that's a whole story for another time. But God is love, and the theology is it's his character. His character shapes everything about this world, and anything good in this world comes out of his character that he has imparted into creation and into human beings. And so the good news is we can all live love, live loved in that. He loves all of us. Salvation is open to all of us. It's an offer. He wants us to know him. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to meet our destiny in him. We were created for a purpose. When I was uh, a, a teenager at school, I kept a diary and the thing that kept popping up in that diary was, what's the meaning of life? Is this all there is? What's the purpose of me being here? And God brings that purpose. He brings us to our destiny. So I, wanted, I want us to do something right now because this is love, that not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. I want us to do something. Because I know there are some people in here this morning who actually have never had an experience of Jesus, never had an experience of God in their lives. And we, we would probably know this prayer that I want us to pray as the sinner's prayer. But it's, a one, it's one way of entering into a relationship with God. And it's basically an opportunity for you to just say, for anyone to just say, God, I know 
that I've lived apart from you and I want you in my life. So can you stand together? Will you stand with me? And I want to invite us all to, as, as many of us say this, we'll be reaffirming our faith in God. And for some of us, I am, well, who, who haven't made this decision yet, I invite you to join in this as well. So I invite you to say it after me. So, you know, we're used to this, some of us, but some aren't. But so the idea is I will say a phrase of this prayer and I invite you to say it as well. So, Lord Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, for too long I've kept you out of my life. I know that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I gratefully receive your love. Through Jesus and through him, the gift of salvation. I am ready to trust you as my Lord and Saviour. Lord, thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth and loving me. I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for taking my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe you love me and I believe your words are true. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my saviour. I will live my whole life loved by you. Amen. Take a seat, everyone. Live loved. Live loved. He loves you. He loves you just the way you are. The other day on the weekend, I took um, Audrey, my wife, and we went down to Sydney to watch Vivid. Anyone been to Vivid this year? Pretty amazing. Like, there's some amazing displays and so on. But as we were driving there, I went past Scott's Presbyterian Church, which is really in the middle of Sydney there, near Vivid, and it was where I became a Christian 48 years ago. Because someone from my school took me to a youth rally. I was in year 11, took me to a youth rally at that church. And I cannot drive past that place without it really touching me. Because what happened that night changed my life, changed my life forever. And there were many things leading up to it, but it changed my life. And I I can never forget the moment that the man gave an opportunity to pray that prayer, a similar prayer to what we just prayed, And then he said, come out the front if you prayed that prayer, and I'm not going to do that, so if you prayed it for the first time, you don't have to tremble that I'm going to call you out the front. But as I I did, um, I had to walk past my mates, and they all said, where are you going, Westy, get back here. And anyway, as I walked down the aisle, I just felt like I had this weight on my shoulders, like I was carrying a rucksack full of bricks. 
And as I walk, each step that I took, it was like a brick was taken out of my rucksack. And I just felt lighter and lighter and lighter as I just came, as I walked forward. And, and it was just God dealing with the sin in my life and the brokenness and taking away, you know, everything that was negative. On, on the cross when Jesus died, there was a divine exchange, his joy for my sadness, you know, his well-being for my brokenness, his holiness for my sin and he took all of the bad and he gave me all of the good and you know what living loved started that moment for me it's when I knew that I was loved and I've had to hear it again and again sometimes and that's why we're here in church and we need fellowship and we need to keep the fire burning because sometimes life gets tough doesn't it Sometimes life gets hard. Sometimes we lose a job, we lose a loved one. Sometimes we do something stupid and, and we feel guilt and we feel shame. And you know what? If we want to love living, we've got to live loved first. We need to know that in that moment on the cross that Jesus dealt with our guilt. He dealt with our shame. He dealt with my rejection My rejection, he dealt with it there on the cross. He took it on himself and he gave me his acceptance and his loving arms that were open. He dealt with fear. He dealt with anxiety and depression. What about this one? He dealt with my identity crisis. Who am I? You know what? That's one of the major issues of this young generation today is the identity crisis. Who am I? Who am I? People no longer know that they're you know, that they're created beings in the image of a God who wants to draw them and give them a purpose and a destiny. And because of that, they don't know who they are and they're lost. And so they try all these different avenues, you know, and, and it's reflected at the moment in the, in the gender identity crises that are going on in so many people's young lives. But Jesus dealt with that in his love and he's given us an identity as children of the king, children of God, and, and everything that that entails, you know. Doubt, emptiness, the load of sin, he dealt with it all. And once we live with that, not just in our head, but in our hearts, and let it really percolate its way through our whole being, we, we change, you know, we change. We, we, we're no longer the broken, fearful, doubting, shame-filled, guilt-ridden, anxious people that we used to be because bit by bit Jesus changes us. But then he calls us to something. He calls us to live loving. You see, the Bible says they'll know we're Christians by our love. And this verse has been preached a couple of times already in this series. But if we're going to sow love, we, if we're going to live loving as well as you know, knowing that we're loved, it begins with knowing that we're loved, but then we're called to live that way. Listen to this. What is the greatest commandment in the Lord? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your mind. And when we sing songs like that, bless the Lord, O my soul, it just blessed me this morning to hear people singing at the top of their voices. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You know, because loving the Lord with all our heart and soul and mind, that's where it starts. But the second commandment is this, love your neighbour as yourself. And in 1 John 4, it says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Once you, once you come to know God, you begin to know what true, real love is. 
and I'm going to talk about what the world thinks of love in a minute and what is what God says love is. So we begin to live loved. And uh, sorry, we begin by living loved and then we begin to live loving. We begin to live lives that are actually outward rather than inward, not just all the time thinking about me, me, me and what people can do for me and, and me at the centre of the universe. But we, but we, we, we live loving, live, we live loving others. And so the third step then becomes loving living. We love living. Because once we know that we're free of guilt and shame and once you start to spend your life in love of others and those around you, then you love living because that's what living's all about because that's who God is. You know, he's, he's there for us and we're there for him and, and we begin to love living. But what is this kind of love? See, the Bible says it clearly. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Putting it another way, in John chapter 15, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. But what does that mean, to lay down one's life? The Bible actually says in Romans chapter 12, I want you to be living sacrifices. So somewhere within the heart of man, because we're made in God's image and because God is a giving God and because God laid down his life for us in Jesus, somewhere built into the heart of human beings is this vestige of being in the image of God, which is about service, laying down our life for other people. And whether we're Christian or not, it's there in our heart. It's, it's built into us because we're made in the image of God. And so I've been reading the Bible in one year or listening to it and uh, Nikki Gumbel has some amazing stories. I'm just going to read you one of them now that sort of illustrates this idea of laying down our lives. 13th of January 1982. Now this isn't the story of Sully that was made into a movie. This is a completely different thing. 13th of January 1982, Air Florida Flight 90 taking off from Washington to DC. It crashed into the Potomac River. It was winter and the river was full of ice. The crash happened near a bridge going over the river so the TV cameras could see everything. Millions of viewers sitting in their living rooms watched as a helicopter overhead let down a life belt on a line to a man struggling in the water. He grabbed the line, swam to another survivor just by him, clipped the woman in and they hoisted her up to safety. The helicopter let down the line again and again the man did the same thing. He swam to someone else and rescued them. He saved others before finally, exhausted, he himself drowned. Now it's highly unlikely that many of us are going to be put into that situation. I've pulled people out of the surf before but it's unlikely that any of us are going to be put into that kind of life-threatening situation. I don't know if you remember on the news this week in Annecy in France that a man started stabbing children in a playground and another man who was studying to be a, a Catholic priest was there, a young man, and he sort of took his backpack off and started bashing this other guy with the backpack and swinging it at him and dodging the knife and so on. 
And, you know, look, I, I've, anyone been to Annecy? I've been to Annecy. Beautiful place. But it really rocks you when you think, maybe that could have been when I was there. Would, would I have responded in that way? Would I have been willing to put my life on the line? I don't think many of us will be asked to do that. But like I said, deep down within your heart and my heart, there is this vestige of God, or, or in our hearts, it's, it's an image of God that's come to life as we've become Christians, that, that actually recognises that that is the highest kind of love, a sacrificing kind of love that lets go of your own wants and needs and is willing to put your life on the line to bless others and someone else. And you know where I see it in our culture? I see it in Anzac Day. Just over a month ago, my wife and I were woken up at, started at 3am actually, but between 3am and about 530 because we lived down in town near Fort Scratchley, there were gangs of motorbike riders, there were cars, there were thousands of people streaming up our street just outside our bedroom window, talking and, and uh, you know, th th there were families, there were individuals, there were husbands and wives. And where were they going? They were going to Anzac Day, to the Anzac Day service. What is it that gets people out of bed on a cold morning before dawn and, and park a kilometre away and walk down into uh, Nobby's Beach there? What is it? it? You know, it's, yes, our Anzac service is a memorial to uh, obviously what happened at Anzac Cove, but it's more than that. It's a recognition deep down that when somebody lays down their life for it, the ideal of our freedom, of our rights, of how our safety, that that is the highest form of love and we need to honour that and we need to, and it's not just Christians, you know, it's something that God's built in, in, in his image into all people. But the problem is this, you go to the Anzac Day service and that stirring is there, but then you go back home and you turn on the media, you turn on the television set, and what you see is the world's idea of love. And let me just say, the Christian idea of love is something that starts within our spirit. It comes when the Holy Spirit comes within us and brings us to life and we understand that love began with God who gave Jesus for us. And it, it, it's sort of this agape love, this love that is a, a giving love and so on. But then you come and it seems like everything in the world is saying the opposite. Love is all about what you can get and it's all about what you can especially live out of your flesh, out of your body. The flesh in the Bible is the part of mankind, the part of our human being. We're a body, soul and spirit. But before you're a Christian, your spirit is dead and so you live out of your soul and out of your body and that without Christ is called the flesh. And what happens is the body dictates. The body dictates to us as people how we're going to live because it's the needs of our body for food and, and, and water and, um, you know, sex and warmth and comfort. And so on the TV we find this sort of stuff. And here's where I make a confession. The very first season of Married at First Sight, I was glued to the TV. <laughs> I just couldn't wait for the next episode. There was something about it that sucked me right in, you know. And I, I used to think, oh, yeah, you know, let's... Oh. And I, I think in some ways I was just really hoping that it would work out for them. But you know what? You cannot take 
something holy to God, something as holy as marriage, and treat it with contempt and desacralize it. Because to, to God, marriage is holy. It's a holy thing. It's what he ordained so that we could know his nature. There is nothing that helps us to understand God, the Trinity and the, the closeness and the unity of them. Nothing on earth better than marriage, where the two become one. And when we as a society trample over that and treat it with contempt and we treat it lightly, we cannot expect God's blessing on us and upon our culture and our country. We cannot expect that. We are walking so far out of, of his will that it, it must just break God's heart to see this sort of thing where we're playing around with human sexuality and with relationships that are meant to be such a beautiful thing. So I'm not even going to ask you if, if you watched it too. <laughs> Don't watch it again. No, if you, if you do, watch it critically. Watch it with eyes that look at it and go, is that love? Is that what God really wanted? Is that, is that the best way to live a life in all its fullness? Because God not only wants us to live loved and to live loving, he wants us to love living. And you will not love living if you're walking outside of God's will and outside of his holiness. You will love living when you're walking right there in the centre of his plan for you and reaching the destiny that God has for you and for me. So what does this love look like then? You know, back in the day, there was a band called Foreigner and they sang, I want to know what love is. And it's bit, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> and it's been copied so many times by other bands because it is a cry of the human heart. What is love? Is it really what the media presents to us? What is love? And you know what? As someone who, who um, is a, a wedding celebrant, what is the most read verse in the Bible at weddings, 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. We'll go through it in a sec. But when I was preparing this, I thought, yeah, you know, let's challenge ourselves. Are you patient with the people in your life? Are you kind to them? Because love is a verb. It's an action. You know, these shows treat love as something that happens to you. I'm in love or I'm out of love. I'm in love. Oh, no, love someone else now. You know, like it's just this feeling that comes and goes. It's, it's more, more to do with lust than love or infatuation. Let's use that word. But to the Bible, to God, love is a verb. It's what we do. It's what we do every day with our, with our wife or our husband, with our children, with our neighbours, in our work setting or, or wherever we live in our neighbourhood. Love is patient. But you know what? This is how God treats us. So let's just take a minute as I read these out. And I, I, this is what I'd like you to do. Close your eyes. And I want you to think, as I say each of these phrases, how has God shown his love to me in that way? For example, love is patient. God, where have you been patient with us? I know you've been patient with me, Lord, in not dealing with all of the all of the sin and the things I need to grow in, into your holiness. Thank you for your patience. Love is kind. Thank you, God, that you're kind to us. Thank you, Lord, that you don't act out of envy or boast about yourself. Thank you, Lord, that you're not a proud God who 
you know, puts us down just out of some insecurity. Thank you, God, that you don't dishonour us and you're not self-seeking. Thank you that you seek the welfare and well-being of your people. Thank you that you're not easily angered, Lord. Oh, you're so patient with us. God, thank you that you keep no record of long wrongs. Oh, thank you, God. They're gone. There's no record. You don't keep reminding us of our past and our sins. Thank you, God, that you don't delight in evil, but you rejoice with the truth. Thank you, Lord. Rejoice in the truth in my life, Lord. And if there's evil, if there's wrong thinking, if there's things where I've departed from you, just reveal them and restore me. Thank you, Lord, that you always protect, you always trust, you always hope, and you always persevere. You never give up on me. Thank you, God. You never give up on us. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm going to finish with a bit of armchair philosophy. And it's to do with eating. Because you know we're doing the acronym BLE, eat, is E, eat together. And I'll tell you why. Because I reckon eating together, when people share a meal together, it's one of the most bonding things that you can do with someone else. And I'll tell you why. When Jesus brought in this new agreement between God and man, it started in the context of a meal the Passover meal. Jesus was eating with his disciples and they were remembering God's amazing love to Israel when he brought them out of Egypt. But Jesus gave it a new meaning and he broke, um, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Eating is the closest symbol that God could use to convey to us his love for us and his intimacy, but it was eating and drinking in the blood and body of Jesus. It began with eating and drinking. Live loving. Many of us would be aware of the five love languages. Who's read the book, Five Love Languages? It's great, isn't it? Really helped me a lot. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, so saying nice things about people, quality time, spending good time together where you're interacting really well, gifts, so giving someone a gift, acts of service where you're actually doing something for someone, and physical touch. But I want to say in my little piece of armchair philosophy that there is a sixth love language that pulls all of those together and it's eating together. Because when you, I've said this before, I know, but it, I think it's hospitality and eating together is such an important thing. And when you eat together, when you prepare a meal for someone, you are presenting them with a gift. It, the gift is, is the meal that you have prepared. You're having quality time together because you're going to sit down and eat together in an, hopefully an uninterrupted um, setting, unless you've got little kids. can be hard. Put them to bed first. There you go. It's my parenting tip for the day. It's words of affirmation because hopefully as you sit around the table, you're going to be caring about the other person and talking to them and they're talking to you. 
It's um, an act of service. You've, you're serving them a meal and there's nothing more physical. Well, there is, but, you know, we won't talk about it now. But it's a very highly physical thing, um, this, this act of eating. You know, it, it touches our senses, our smell and our taste and our touch and, and so on. And so all of those things are encompassed in a meal together when it's done well. And, and so it's something that you can't miss with. You know, have you ever bought someone a present and they sort of open it up and I'm not talking about one-year-olds, they open it and the wrapping paper is better than the present, you know. But, uh, but adults who sort of you buy them a gift and eh, it doesn't mean that much to them, but um, then you spend some quality time with them and they come alive. Well, you know, you can't miss with hospitality because it's all of the love languages and you're going to hit with at least one of them and maybe different ones for each person that's there. So I want to encourage you in that. Begin with prayer. B. God, who do you want me to bless this week? Listen. Thank you, Josh, for that word about listening. Who is God going to put across my path who I can actually listen attentive and responsively to? Eat. Who is there that I want to reach out to and sit down at table with who I can show that loving hospitality to? Because we want to be a church that reaches out in love. We want to be praying for people who don't know Jesus, listening to them and really loving them. And, and sharing hospitality with them. And the last little bit of armchair philosophy is this. Revelation chapter 19. The angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. Do you want to know the true words of God? He's got a big feast for you, planned in heaven. It's there waiting for you. He's got to reach out and take it. And he took him seven days to create the world, but he's been preparing this feast for 2,000 years since Christ died. This is going to be something, I tell you. And that's what we have got to look forward to, this amazing marriage supper of the Lamb. Let's stand together. Father God, thank you that you love us and, and you've drawn us into your family. It's where it all began, Lord, when, when we knew that we were loved and Father, we pray that you will help us to live loving, live in your image and, and live as people who are patient and kind and not arrogant, not rude, not self-seeking, always hoping, always believing. And Father, may there be a blessing, such a blessing on the families and the people of this church as we walk in your ways, Lord God. May there be a love of life that shines out in this current darkness where so many are just lost without identity, without purpose, without hope. Father, we just pray, come Holy Spirit, week by week, come and help us to sow love as you have sowed love into us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.